Why do I wear a mask? Paranormal widow, zero care hero, ten four hat to the back of side, De Niro, getting type of negro, send her back to zero. Como vai? Welcome to the Superfeed Podcast season premiere of our um, season number two. Um, it is Mother's Day, so for all you mothers out there, um, Feliz Dia das Mães. That's Happy Mother's Day in Portuguese. Um, you got to show out real quick. Yeah. GK. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you. We have a new uh, thing uh, by Mega. Yeah, Shout out to Mega. Um, came out good. Yeah, it came out good. How, how are you doing, sir? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, man. I've been uh, doing a lot of uh, sending out items from, from the podcast, uh, giving out shirts, sweaters. Um, yes, I've been very busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So have I. Yes, so have you. Okay. So we do have some some esteemed guests. And might I say, uh, these guys that are here, um, I just literally said, yo, you want to come do the show? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Um, other people, they give me the run around and you know who you are. Anyway, um, no first need. and foremost. No need. No, no, I'm just saying, you know, it, you, you got to give people their flowers and be respectful. <laughs> because... There's people out there that'll just bullshit you to the to the end of the to earth. the end of the earth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's definitely a need. Yes. So um, first we have the OG Rudy Lowe, who's on uh the old show been there rock that one one of the greatest episodes ever, you know Rudy. Hopefully, you know. salute, salute. Rudy and, Lowe. and we have uh, Rax Hogan, Mr. Skull himself. Hey man, how you guys doing? Uh, out he there? was on the Been There Rock that I think twice, twice. maybe yeah, three yeah, times, twice. but twice. Twice for show. Always was a great episode. Love one, y'all, you man. know, one of these are both my brothers. You know what I'm saying? Anytime I ask them for something, you know what I'm saying? Come to the show. Come, you know what I'm saying? The answer is always yes. Yes, basically. Yeah. So, okay, guys. So let's get into it. Let Let's start this show off. Um, so how are you guys doing with uh COVID nineteen? I guess we're on the ending of COVID nineteen. Maybe the middle. How are you guys feeling about this? I'm gonna let Root Root. You wanna? Um, yeah. <laughs> I was saying, like, how you feel about it? Oh, it's mixed feelings. In the beginning, um, I embraced it because it gave me an advantage. Mm-hmm. When I say that, meaning that, um, unfortunately, I was incarcerated for a long amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, due to that, and doing, and also being in, in, in the box. Um, I learned I learned myself and I love myself so I can be by myself. Right. Um, most people in, in the free society, it's hard for them to function without a group of people or interacting with other people and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So since I was at the disadvantage of coming to society, being you know, set back so many years and, and, and you know, job-wise and everything mm-hmm. else in society standards, I felt it gave me some type of leverage for mm. I can bounce and flip it. Um, but in the meantime, uh, this is the most deaths I've ever, ever experienced in my life. And I guess with me being older now and it being a pandemic and an epidemic and me being more conscious with things in society now, like in the media-wise and everything, it's, it's, it's like I never thought of nothing like this according to the deaths. Don't get me wrong, to the street stuff, I done thought of 
of crazier things, you know, like Mad Max things, and mm-hmm. and I embrace things like that. Like, right. unfortunately, you know, um, where I'm from and my history, like that's like a dream come true, something like that. I've never been, and also I never I was locked up for the riots in '91 in Crown Heights, mm-hmm. so I didn't get a chance to experience that. And um, this time doing the marches and stuff was the closest I can, I, I, closest I physically ever was to something similar to a. A, a, a revolution or something going against the powers that be. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Were you actually, you were there. Oh, oh I actually participated on both levels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm saying it proudly. When yeah, I say no, it proudly, right. meaning yeah. that I'm a low life, I'm original yeah. low life. Right. So it always been a dream of mine just to be able to go to Midtown and go crazy and have my way. Right. So um, <laughs> the first days I marched, Cause you know I consider myself an activist. You know right. I'm, I'm active in the community. Right. Uh, um, I was a part of that process. And then on the reverse, you know I had to balance it out somewhat. So let's put it like this: um, I can sit pretty with um, foreign feats for for many years to come. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yes, sir. Uh, uh, yeah, right. I don't think you can come back from that one, but no, I mean, I, I, yo, he OG with it, but you know, uh, exactly. pandemic, pandemic. First mm-hmm. of all, fuck COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. That's first and foremost. Uh, like he said, I think what it did, it was kind of like almost not the opposite, but here's the thing: I was free, obviously, because you was you yeah. know in the box behind the wall or whatever. But being free. I was locked up to the shit that basically distracts us, even being in the streets. Meaning that I had a lot of time on my hands to go and travel. I was going here. I was going there. I was buying this. I was doing that. Mm. And honestly, I really wasn't taking into into account for my actual worth. Be it me, be it like when you put in a situation of really fight or flight. Mm. And I feel like... A lot of us, we go around very comfortable. We Life gives us these little comfortabilities that we could walk around with. And I think that for real, for real, the pandemic really challenged my comfortability level. And it put me in a position to actually look within myself. I was literally having this conversation last night mm-hmm. uh, with my business partner. And I was like, man, you know, before the pandemic, I was good. I was like, but since this happened, and even though it's like a tragedy because people did lose their lives and it was loss of life, you know, involved around the world globally. Like you see what's happening in India right now. That shit's sad as hell. Yeah. But in the sense of how I could contain and control myself and what I was doing for me, because you, like you said, it forces you to kind of be by yourself. So like, like, like some of the way he said, when it first started, I was kind of like, oh shit, now we got to be shut down for two months. Oh, I can't go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Damn. Then when I seen that it was going beyond the two months, and it was like getting really serious. I was like, well, hold the fuck up. Like, uh, how much money is saved? And, you know, what if this happens? You know, what are you going to do if they decide to take your crib? Or what are you going to do if they decide to shut down this or take this? And, you know, your family is here and you're here. Like, you know, like, so I think it really made me look within myself. And I started three businesses during the pandemic, mm-hmm. for real, for real. Yeah. Like, three legit businesses. I got a moving company, I got a printing company, and now I do uh, a tufting class and we teach workshops, mm-hmm. you know, inside of uh, my shop. Man. So it's like, with that, I just kind of really used it to kind of hone in and tap into like the hidden powers that was already, they was always there. Like, I feel like it just took a, a, a serious situation. For, and some up. people, they adapted to it. They they went through it. They figured it out, whether you was finessing, whether you was, you know, whatever. They figured it out and they made it through. And I think now it's just kind of odd, in my in my opinion, that like now it's just like, oh, okay. You know what? We've had the pandemic long enough. We got a vaccine now. Everything's good. 
open open back up. We're gonna just go, you know, and get back to it. So it's just like one of them things where like now all those people that I feel like was relying on the pandemic and being lazy and not using it as like a, a stepping stone to kind of really like self check or self cleanse themselves. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of behind right now and it's just one of them things where like I took it and I turned lemons into lemonade. You know what I mean? And now I'm just ready for it to kind of come back full steam and really kind of show all of the stuff that I built during the pandemic, right. you know, be able to travel, do some mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, fuck COVID-19. No shit, fuck my shit up for real. <laughs> yeah, but supposedly oh, a week and a half and everything is opening up. So, yeah, you know, for like for me, like I'm kind of like Rudy. I haven't been one. Like I don't need to be like I don't have to be around people to be OK. So it's kind of like I just basically worked and took care of my family. And, you know, and I'm an essential worker, so, you know what I'm saying? I just was always busy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Always busy, straight through. I worked straight through the whole pandemic. Same. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't really look, I don't really look to, like, be around people to have to be, like, cool. So I didn't give a shit. Like, okay, I can't be around nobody. Okay, I'll just do something else. I work on my podcast. I'll do this. So I, I'll do something at home. You know, I, I just think not everybody's like that, though. Yeah, we had a lot of motherfuckers sitting around because it was, you know, money flowing out the, the wazoo and they, they tapped into that vein or whatever, whatnot. They didn't really, I feel like capitalize off of the gains that was mm-hmm. available outside of just that. Like, like you said, I was the same way. I kind of was like, shit, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. And then I started printing t-shirts. Yeah, you just, do something <laughs> else. You, you just get focused and you just do something else. Like yeah. you don't have to be around people to be, you nah. know what I'm saying? Active. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Nah. But, yeah. I mean, but you need the capital, like whether, in order to do all this stuff, you need the money to begin with. So, yeah, if you go into a pandemic and you got the money to toss into your creative venture, then, like, it might be a little bit easier for you to do these yeah, things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I work straight through. There, there's a lot of people COVID hit. They didn't have ah, nothing. Ah, they still don't got nothing. So, you know, it's... I think a lot of, I think it really separated, like, the haves and have-nots of, like, society. I mean, there, there, there was a lot of people that lost their jobs. Hey man, that hold too. up, hold that up. Too. I agree, mm-hmm. and I, I I I do agree with you in terms of capital is essential to basically you know. But there was so many people at the beginning who didn't take it serious that was kind of like wasting bread and still pretending oh, yeah, like yeah. shit was sweet. And then you look at them four months down the line, they ain't gonna have no capital because they wasn't looking at thinking shit like was you know what I mean. They yeah, wasn't taking yeah. it serious. So I think it's just a matter of, like you said. uh, I don't want to use this term, but it's like survival of the fittest, almost like, or survival of the smartest. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have that hustler's mentality, it doesn't matter, pandemic, no pandemic, you still gonna find a way. True. Not everybody has that though. That's a fact. You know, there's some people out there that are just looking, looking at the wall, like it's, it's going to come to me. That's a fact. And it's not coming. Uh, uh, um, some people have um, what you call that phobias, mm-hmm. yeah. but some people have, um, I guess, lack of information. So. They don't go on with the daily activities like like they usually do because of, I guess, the information that's in that's that's in the media. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I. I don't care if I receive information from you or from him. More than likely, I received it from the media or some type of publication to some degree. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not really one with like conspiracies, but due to the pandemic and and all this that's going on with. The, COVID-19 with the Johnson & Johnson. Oh, yeah. Um, with, with all that stuff and everything in abundance, when you think about it, it makes you lean towards uh, conspiracy theories somewhat. Because, you know, like, say when we was children, um, you see the Jetsons mm-hmm. as a cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they used to have futuristic stuff. 
stuff on TV, phones like this, Flying and you would never think shit. that yeah. stuff like this wouldn't be possible. But television, and I strongly feel that society, you know, like the government and stuff like that, or people that invent things and stuff, they already be having proto- prototypes of things like this invented or close to it. And when the years go on or when society catch up to the inventions, you know what I mean? It comes out. Right. So now... The same thing with the pandemic. We had they had movies that showed similar stuff like this, like scars, and then you got stuff that Bill Gates constantly allegedly say. You feel what I'm saying about controlling uh, um, population control, and it's, it's, it's so much stuff. Even the masses, even wearing masses, like mm-hmm. e- even the masses, even not being around nobody, and now you could be around people, and then you can't be around people. That, that desensitizes it. They 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 get you familiar with it so that when it actually happens in real life, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, what happened in that yeah. movie? It's okay. They they create they create a pandemic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For for remember, um, I, I like to call it a pimp syndrome. I, I hate to do it, but <laughs> I go back to what I know best. Right, you know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, uh, um, that's like same thing with religion. Like a uh, a uh, a uh, 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 pimp. Uh, or make a female think she's nothing, break her down to the lowest compound and bring her back up and think, I'm the only one bringing you back up. So without me, you're nothing. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Right. So it's the same type of mentality that they perpetuate all around the board, but they just do it on a larger, more complicated uh, um, stage or level. Mm. So now, now that you said the whole conspiracy thing, what um, I was about to get into this. So what do you think about the vaccines and the whole rollout and all of that? Um... I'm not a doctor or nothing, right? But our right. bodies, right. according to my understanding, what I learned through my um, years of living, right. um, our bodies is made to, 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 to fight off certain vaccines or certain foreign, foreign, foreign things that come into our body. Now, that's the same thing with smallpox and the rest of the other things. What y'all telling me is y'all want to put something in me. I don't have anything yet, allegedly. No virus or no nothing. But you want to put it in me so when the virus do come, it creates an antibiotic or somewhat to that effect to, to take it out. Nah, like I go back to the conspiracy theories. I don't know if you put a microchip in me. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if Johnson Johnson is trustworthy. When I say trustworthy, meaning look what they did to the baby pot of females getting cancer and stuff like that. We just found that out nowadays. Mm-hmm. You could look at regular, we was talking about the toothpaste up there, right? It's going to mm-hmm. be on subject. Yeah. Um, 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 when I was a child, I didn't know nothing about like um, aloe soap and all this stuff. I didn't know nothing about none of that. But guess what? That was out there. But mm-hmm. they give us the regular stuff. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Because we're on a lower level. So now what I'm saying is, all this stuff that they playing with, y'all already had to know about it. And look at smallpox, look at syphilis, all the other things that the powers that be, I don't I don't care what nationality or what race you want to put them as, now it's on a money thing, but the powers that be is in control. So why would I trust them? I personally don't trust people that I grew up with or nobody for that matter. So why would I trust somebody else? Right. Let's be realistic. Right. If it sound, if it right. make logic and reason, then I can go with it. Right. Other than that, I'm, a, I'm an atheist. I don't even believe in religion. So why would I believe in something else? Right. And I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm I'm freely going to give it up because the Constitution and all this stuff is supposed to be there for a reason. So they 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 indirectly make clauses or amendments or attached tools to slowly take our rights away and still control. Who, who's to say they're going to put a microchip in you? Mm-hmm. Who's to say they wouldn't? Right. Uh, I, I pass. I don't need, I, I'm not a regular person. When I say that, meaning a regular law-abiding person in society. So right. I don't travel. I don't need to move around the way yeah. they want to move around because they say everybody must do it. Yeah. Everybody. In order to move around, because like, I think that's how they're going to try to get people. Like I was telling him, because um, like for, like for instance, I have a daughter that lives in Florida, so I think what they're going to try to do is that some states are going to say you have to be vaccinated to come into the state. Like eventually, that's what they're going and and, and you know, yeah. kind of what you're saying. They kind of forcefully 
saying, well, okay, you got to get this vaccination, whether you know the information or not about it, or, 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 or even if it's good for you, but you got to get it because we're not going to let you in this state. You know what I'm saying? Yo, it's so many. They got they got one one thing I ran across. They want us to stand six feet. Part of the reason to stand six feet because the microchips in you, they can't read it properly if we standing closer than six feet. It be it be, like it's, it's, it's all types of it's all types of stuff, and you never know what's gonna be true later on. Right. Because I, I think I remember like 1992 or 90. It was 92. I can remember it. I was. I can remember it was '92. Gangstar was on the cover of the Source magazine. Mm. It used to be. It used to be somebody used to draw on the back of the Source all the time. Like right. I'm a fake graffiti artist, yeah. so I used to be on it. And a dude drew a big graffiti piece. It was black and white, but it was like at the end of the world. It was like with a jam in the Bronx. They had one man with the barcodes on his on his head. They had like a, a UFO a flying saucer. And remember, this is like in '92. But the, the three, like all the people that deal with, you know, all the conspiracy theories and all that, Illuminati and all that. They've been talking about chips. They've been talking about not having money no more. Right. And now all this stuff is manifesting itself. When I was a child, the guard bodies or whatever the five percenters said, Yaku was a grafted person, right? When I was a child, people used to look at that like, it's unheard of. Like, that's magical. Nobody can graft nothing. Now that I'm an adult, they grafting plants. They grafting animals now. Mm-hmm. So who was to say that was far-fetched? This is 30, 40 years later. You feel what I'm saying? So I don't know. I, I don't put too much into it. And who was to say you could trust the government? Mm-hmm. Where, where do you find the information that you're looking at for the conspiracy stuff? Because I feel oh, like oh oh oh, I remember, find it numerous places. Remember when we were kids? We mm-hmm. used to on Fulton Street. They would sell the books, like the oh yeah, like the, the, on the dude from Bushwick and all that. Was the Ansar community stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. And then there was the VHS tapes that used to have like you know they talk about the Metro it card, was crazy. like crazy. <laughs> you know, way before it came out. You know, you've seen all this yes, stuff, yes, right? Yes. A lot of people don't realize how long these conspiracies have been like circulating like they're a lot more accessible now because of the internet you know you really have to seek it out at one point in time but it's not like that anymore so where where do you look when you're looking for this type of stuff um i, I hate to say it. a lot of stuff i read from being incarcerated or got the, the origins from there mm-hmm. but to be honest like um i i google everything like the internet is free like mm-hmm. i could never be stupid in my life like it's like you don't got to go to the library you don't got to go nowhere all you got to do is just put it in there and something's gonna come up and it, it, it just take you from there but a lot of things i know from way i i, I know from the origins of other things like for example um the redemption is a thing I call a redemption process. Um, you know, the thing dealing with your name and birth certificate and the sovereignty, the natural rights of the of the land. I know the dynamics of that. So a lot of that take you a whole lot of places too. Because I just started dealing with that once I was home. When I was incarcerated, I knew about it, but I didn't want to deal with that. I had to deal with the criminal law to get myself out. I didn't want to go, you know, deal with some far-fetched stuff with the courts and still be sitting in there. So I dealt with what I knew was concrete. That, some of that stuff not having been unrenowned yet. It's just a whole lot of uh, uh, theses and a lot of uh, educated um, guesses and questions behind it and answers. Do you feel like there's like a lack of quality control with this stuff? Like, how do you know you're looking at like a reputable source when you go oh, online? Oh, 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 you trying to say like research-wise, oh, um, I always go back to the or, or the origins. Most of the time, things that I read have cross references. 
and things of that nature. Like, I don't like to take nothing on face value. So right, right. I don't want to read nothing and say, oh, well, this is true or, 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 or promote something that's, that's untrue. That's why most of the time I even say allegedly or I say I heard this or I heard that. I mean, with me, there's, I watch all this stuff too. And when it comes down to it, I'll be like, am I really going to base everything I think about life on this YouTube channel? Like, I can make a YouTube channel right now and put up whatever I want on it, you know? I just feel like a lot of it's not, like, vetted. Like, there needs to be, like, a, a more quality control. Like, you know? Like, Behold the Pale Horse is, like... Oh, yeah, you read crazy. Behold the Pale yeah. So, that's like, an, that's, like, a reputable conspiracy. Yeah. Theory, you know? And then there's, like, other branches of it that are just, like, more out there. Um... It's a quality control thing for me. Like, I just need to trust somewhat the source that I'm getting the information you see, from. Um, um, you know, one of the things I learned from my, um, my, my, my relatives, my family growing up, because they, was, they wasn't educated in a traditional sense, right? Um, sometimes when you take all the fancy stuff or the decorations away and just keep it plain and simple, um, you can get to an answer quicker. Well, well I can. Um, Let's say dealing with research or dealing with anything for that matter. Once I see or learn a lie or a discrepancy or fall on something, then I question all the other stuff. I, it, it, you know what I mean? You can't be something to stand on if, if, if I find flaws in it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. say for example, let's say for example, it's an author, right? All right, King James. King James gave the authority and he oversaw the revising of the Bible. The translation of the Bible. But King James dealt with bestiality. King James dealt with incest. So he wasn't a good person. So 99% of the time, whatever his mind frame was, he depicted inside that book, which is some of the book that we started now in modern time follow behind when they made Jesus Christ look that of a white person. And he had input with that with Michael Angelo, whatever, the famous painter from back in antiquity. You feel what I'm saying? So, uh, 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 um, you got to look at who's the information coming from and why the information is. That's why I say I just accumulate a lot of information and then I use my personal common sense to add to it. And two, I can have something that's unrenowned facts where I say, yo, this is actual and factual. Other than that, like I say, I just lean towards it and make sure I state it for you no know, public reasons or what argument's sake, allegedly or whatever, whatever. All right. So I guess maybe like the last, because a lot of people listening they don't get into this stuff, right? And I don't think a lot of people even understand what we're talking about. Like, I think me and you were kind of like, we read the same type of stuff. Is Jay-Z the Antichrist? Oh, <laughs> hey, yo, hey. And then we go left. Oh, that's what, that's what they say. You heard the new song, Sorry, right? <laughs> Why I did that to Jesus Christ? <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> And then we go left. <laughs> Super left. Yeah, right. But anyway, right. on that note, so Rex, uh, what's going on with Gray Skull? Man, we got the shit ton of stuff, mm. everything. We just got, uh, well, we got like a sub cease and desist order for a collab we just did, oh, which wow. is kind of kind of wow. whack. But to me, I feel like that's kind of cool too. I feel like uh, yeah, print it on the shirt. It's on the shirt. Oh, I'm wearing right now. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but. You know, uh, <laughs> like I said, you go. Uh, we just been doing a bunch of stuff for real, for real. I just been, like I said, the pandemic really put me in a position to kind of like 
what's the word I want to use? Kind of run free. Mm-hmm. It kind of opened up the floodgates right. for me. Um, shit, we got the spring summer drop coming. We got crazy ass t shirts, mm. fire ass collabs. Mm. Uh, we got a, a call today. Well, actually, just the whole shit as a whole. I got a whole new monica. We got a call today with uh, SneakerCon to go back and start figuring out what we're going to start doing with them, going on the road with them. Because nice. my whole shit is, I, I just want to expand on the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Because this also showed me that you can't depend on shit but yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't depend on shit but yourself. Right. If you had a job and you, it was a good job, you don't work at that job no more, mm-hmm. right? What you doing? Now, if you got a certain set of skills that pertain to that job, what you gonna do? So my whole thing was when this happened, you know, me being the ever so, you know, I guess aware uh, man that I like to to attempt to be, Mm. I was like, man, yo, if you ain't had no game on how to like make a shirt, sew a rug, sew some whatever, because I be thinking, I take everything back to kind of like back in the day, Mm -hmm. if you will, and we didn't have all this technology, kind of right. like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. We didn't have all that, like you, what you were saying. You had to seek out shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms to get stuff made or to, to, to do things, you had to go to somebody to get it done. You had to go to this person to get it made. Back in the day, I'm pretty sure when you was rocking shit, if y'all wanted to go get crew t-shirts or some shit like that, y'all had the nigga in the hood to airbrush. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these crafts died with technology, when these phones, when computers came out. I feel like a lot of like the artisan shit cooking, mm-hmm. uh, crafting, just working with your hands. I feel like a lot of that kind of like went out the door. Mm-hmm. So I think the pandemic, I've always been like an able body. I like to build shit. I built a whole factory. You've seen the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to, like when I was a kid, I would build clubhouses and shit like that. So now that I'm grown, I you know, got a couple of dollars, I can, all right, let's go to Home Depot and build a fucking whole entire studio. So it's like, we just been trying to expand on our foundation at mm-hmm. Grayskull because when we came out, we had a lot of stuff early on, but I was making all that shit myself. Yeah, you was, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I still make it all myself, but it's now it's like a little bit, now that we got more. Seems like you got a team now. I do. I got mm. I got a, I got a dedicated squad that's been rocking with me for like the last, for longer than before I had the factory. But it's like I tell anybody, if you're gonna be a leader, you gotta show something with your leadership and people will fuck with you. And they won't require a lot. Just keep leading in the right direction. That's gonna, you know, pay off eventually, and people mm-hmm. will fuck with you. And right. we've been doing and sharing a lot of small victories along the way to getting us to where we at right now. And I think that the people that's been with me, they understand. They're like, "Damn, he said he was gonna do this." Right. It's not an overnight thing. It's not an instant gratification thing. It takes planning. It takes, you know, some execution. But I never lose sight of whatever it is that I want to do. I said I wanted a factory and I wanted to do my own thing. I, I started with a small press. I made t-shirts on that. I worked with my homies next door. They gave me some game. They said, yo, this is how you do it. You're going to do it. Do it like this. I listened to what they said because a lot of motherfuckers be wanting to have that know-it-all because they're making a couple of dollars. They think they know everything. And it's like, nah, you still got to learn because mm-hmm. you would take that money and fuck it up. Mm-hmm. So I learned and I, I, it took me, I was working for my homies in February and by June I had my own space. Mm-hmm. So that goes to show you how quick it is. It clicked for me. Like I don't, yeah. I don't fuck around. You seen on the Instagram? Like yeah. I learned the chain stitching shit. Yeah. I learned the rug shit. Mm-hmm. I, Thirty days. That's all I need. Two weeks to fuck around. Two weeks to lock it down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two weeks to fuck around. Two, two weeks, weeks to lock, lock it down. down. Period. And that's really how I approach things. So it's to the point where now I'm seeing that the brand has so much more potential outside of just clothes. Right. Me, yeah, I am the brand. So man. with me being the brand itself, I got to consistently continue to grow and build on what I got and what the momentum that I done started. So 
the pandemic kind of just gave me time to really like dip off into the shadows because mm. I'm not in the forefront. I'm not traveling every other weekend. I'm not going here every other, you know what I'm saying? So it gave me time to really focus, you know, bring build up the people around <coughs> me, get them to see like, look, this is what we need to be doing because mm. when the world opened back up, we'll have an advantage. Yeah. There's going to be so many people that still walk around with their heads down that we already off to yeah, the races. off and running. We, we good. So... Really, that's it. I got a fire at you. Got some shit at my shop. You, you a baller because you order shit and then forget about the shit. I did forget about it. Yeah, it's at I the did. shop. It's in it. The crazy thing is, it's at the shop in a bag, and I folded the bag down. And the other day, I was in there. I was organizing because I, I yeah. try to clean up every week. And I'm like, I looked and I found the fucking Skeletor. I'm like, yo. Yeah, that's mine. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. I'm like, how did I? I'm like, oh, I'm like this. I'm like this John shit. And then I'm like, you know what I'm saying? So really, yeah, man, we got the 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 classes is going, been going great. Y'all need to come. All y'all's invited. I, I would like y'all. So wait, that, that, that's the uh, Bia, what, what's the name of it? So it's a hand tufting class. So no, but you gotta, wait, what was the Biasco? Biasco? What's Picasso? What's so that's my so that's my oh, moniker. That's, okay. my, that's my, my 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 moniker is yeah. Picasso. One of my favorite actual painter artists. I used to be an art student when I went to college. One of my favorite artists was Picasso because of the, the one line thing. And then one of my homies actually told me a story about uh, uh, the drawing on the napkin. I know I'm gonna tell it wrong, but basically like, Picasso was somewhere and he was drawing some shit on a napkin. Mm -hmm. And the lady walked up on him and was like, yo, draw me on, like, come draw me, you know, ah, 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 how much would it cost? And he was like, well, I don't really do that. You know, he was like, she was like, okay, well, let me buy the napkin that you're drawing on. He was like, okay. She was like, well, how much do you want for it? He said some crazy ass number. And then she was like, well, why would I pay that much? And he said, well, what you don't see outside of me just being able to do this is the time that I put in in my studio, the time that I took to learn and understand, you know, the composition, the lines and all that shit. So it's just like, I thought that like, well, damn, you do put a lot of work in behind the scenes mm -hmm, to get to mm -hmm. where you at. So it's called Blacasso Workshops. Mm -hmm. And then I got, uh, my company is Togmaker. So I partnered up with my homie Elliot. Um, and we basically, we teach screen printing and rub tufting right now. We're going to get into chain stitching, teach people how to do this shit. Right. But I got a partnership that I'm working on that's going to come out later in the year with that. Um, so yeah, we we just been, we teach. We just try to make shit fun and bring like the whole vibe of having fun while you making stuff. Like yeah. you ain't got to always go and pay somebody else to do the shit. Do it yourself. Cause I, and I also saw that you were trying to take the classes um, on the road. Like We are. Yeah, we we, we are yeah. actually. That's, that's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we are. I had my first uh, student. He flew up from New Orleans mm -hmm. and literally flew up here for like a day to take class. Oh, wow. Like flew up. And that to me, that's the biggest. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know what this reminds me of kind of Dr. Roman Alley? Who the hell is that? Like pancake epidemic and Dr. Romanali. <laughs> you know, you know what Dr. Romanali is, Doug. He makes like those big recliner chairs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He did yeah. some stuff with Taz. Okay, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I think um, I kind of see you going in that direction where you can like attach uh an advertising firm or just a creative firm to it. You know. Well, but, uh, is that where you're going? So with it? Uh, here's how, how it happened, for real, for real. Uh, if you don't know me, you know me. Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you follow, you've been behind, mm -hmm. but I do shit with sneakers. That's what I do streetwear, mm -hmm. clothes, Supreme shit, anything, you know, popping, hype, beastie, trendy, whatever the fuck you want to call it. So in that journey, I met up with a lot of people that was starting to get into like sneaker customization. So like I, I met up with uh, actually one of the people who runs the class. His name is Dominic uh, Chambron. Mm -hmm. And he runs the sneaker, uh, sneaker uh, school shoe surgeon uh, okay. class. That's yeah, my yeah. man's. So I, he didn't have, I didn't know him since while well, he was still making shoes in his garage. So to see him go from that 
to where he at now, it really inspired me and let me know that like, you can really do this shit if you really want it. If you want Gucci and Louis and Prada and shit, you go buy that shit and you spend it with no problem. You don't ask no questions. You hand that thousand dollars, you hand that whatever the fuck you spend on that bag, on them shoes, you hand that shit over with no problem. I'd rather hand a thousand, five hundred, whatever the fuck I'm spending over to Michaels or Home Depot, watch a couple videos on YouTube or read a fucking book. Right. Okay. Right. Like read a fucking book. All right. And learn the skill or like pick up a trade myself. So what I seen what Shoe Surgeon was doing was he was bringing something that people felt was unattainable or that they couldn't yeah. do. That was the whole thing with me. People would be so down on themselves and be feeling like they can't do something, you know. So he would show people and he would walk them through the entire process over three days and they would have a sneaker at the end of it. Like to me, that was the biggest tweak. I was like, damn, you come here, you pay your bread. And even though it's like you pay for it, it's almost like you pay for the challenge. And I like that challenge because I done been to three of his classes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I made sneakers in every last one of them. And every time it got better and better and better. It got better and better and better, you know, with what I was doing. So I seen that and I was like, okay, well, I'm not really, I don't like want to make shoes. I, I, I fuck with shoes, but I'm really into like clothes and, you know, style and fashion and shit like that. So when I started, I picked up first with the, the, the screen printing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it, sp- it snowballed into learning how to chain stitch. Right, right. And then that snowballed into rug tufting with a fucking rug gun. But then I got it even crazier. And like I said, I don't do that shit by hand. And to me, that's the most rewarding. And I teach people how to do it by hand. Because to me, anybody can pick up a gun and blast a rug. It takes a true craftsman to sit there, figure out his lines, figure out his way, you know, and do all that type of shit. So that's why I make shit, like I said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely show us. That's crazy. We, we, we made this shit. This was made in my, this is my everyday bag. I carry this every day. It's sturdy as shit. It's the best bag that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I fucking made it to my specific what I needed it for. I put a baby in this motherfucker if we wanted to. You feel <laughs> me? But I, I, I learned, and it took me a month to really kind of like get the tool down, learn it. But that's why I be saying. People want to do what they want to do. And I think Grace Call, that's what it should show. You could do whatever the fuck you want to do. It's just a matter of what you want to do. Okay? If you want to fuck off, fuck off. Mm-hmm. You want to get this money? Figure it out. If you want to be a, a atelier, come on and holler at me. You know, if you want to get it in, you know what I'm saying, and creatively, that's what we're here for. And I think that, again, like I said, if you're going to be a leader, you got to show leadership. You have to show progress in your leadership. So I think I'm just a growth of starting, you know, at one place, and now we done landed in another spot, and now we're doing bigger and better shit. So more clothes, more interactive fucking content. Hopefully the pandemic goes the fuck away so I can start going out and hanging out with motherfuckers again. And, yeah, that's really what we've been doing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, listen, I trust me. I I follow your Instagram, so I've seen you been, you've been busy. Yeah. You've been busy. Yeah. So now I got two different questions. I got one for Rudy and I got one for you. All right, go but ahead. Two totally different questions. Oh, all right. So, so, so Rudy, what's your take on the, on the polo subculture so far? Like, like as what, you know what I'm saying? We both know the whole polo thing. You know, what's your take on like what's going on and how is it, how is it? Do you even fuck with it now or you know what I'm saying like oh you mean polo you mean Ralph Lauren or you mean low life low life low heads just everything in general because I mean you see everything I see everything yeah. Ralph uh, like your, your, your point of view because I, I oh, love oh, your oh, point on, of view on, the Ralph, on Ralph Lauren yeah um I don't know it, it stays the same as it was before um I think I saw a newer logo to um what my man called it B-Bill Dollar called it the Tiger style <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I saw the Tiger stuff yeah uh, that was good but I'm, I'm not going to front. Um, due to the pandemic, I haven't been in the stores, really. Mm-hmm. So all, all I see is stuff that they got in outlets, and the stuff in the outlets don't it don't really count. You can't judge it by the outlets because that's right, like right, last right. season and all right, that. Right, right. So 
I don't know. Um, polo is, 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 is still don't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the culture as a whole, how you think it is? Oh, the culture as a whole is at odds right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite sure you saw the piece on um, Wallow. Yes. Um, in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. um, with Doc Lowe and them. Yeah. Um. First and foremost, um, I had the privilege of speaking with Miss Audrey yesterday for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Boosting Billy R.I.P. That's Cat Mike. That's Boosting Billy Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, we conversed for a while. I expressed to her, um, I think it was like four or five years ago, um, I wanted to do a Mother's Day special, right, for mm-hmm. this reason. Mm-hmm. Um, March 9th is one of my homies, Don Kwan. It's his birthday. You know, that's Biggie's birthday. Right. So about four, maybe like four or five years ago, they made a pact that um, every year Quan will have parties up here, rugs from Atlanta come down and support. BK Rule will come from LA at the skating ring and support. Then they'll go down to Atlanta, Quan will support him, and vice versa, you know, it's a three-day function. Um, he gave me all access to come through. So that year, Junior Mafia was hosting that year. So... Um, my co-defendant that gave me life, he was Junior Mafia. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go there. I wanted to get footage of this. Right. Um, that day, the day that I was about to go, um, you know, I'm semi-screet, so, you know, uh, I had certain stuff with me, so I dressed appropriately for, you know, Roscoe won't approach me. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to meet Dark Man and them around my way on Rockaway and picking. So... When I walk in the back of the tattoo parlor shop, I see they recording at the time, and Disco is indirectly talking about me, shooting at me. So we got into a little verbal thing. Um, we took it outside. We took it outside, then turned around. Um, it, you know, it escalated somewhere else. So long story short, they all distanced themselves from me, mm. um, claiming that I still had ties to the streets. You could put it like that. Right, so um, I went on with my journey, but um, yeah, that was March. A little while after that, uh, me and Vic was was social at one time, right? Mm-hmm. So right after that, I had I did a, a old interview with Darkman and um, I think Guns. It was like the younger generation asking me questions as an older person. Mm-hmm. And if you notice my interviews, I always keep it a hundred. I tell the truth, no matter who or what. So they asked me the questions. I answered them to the best of my ability. And I was professional about it in political, meaning that I was, I was speaking in parables. I was speaking in the biblical sense. Uh, I used comparisons. And with my my, my, my my cousin is Master Fu. That's Tony. Mm-hmm. And his name is Matthew. You know what I mean? So I used the Matthew. I used some proverbs from the Bible. And at first, Disco and Vic and all of them, they liked it. About two months later, I don't know who saw it afterwards, they, they deciphered it and they they translated to Vic that, oh, yo, he's shooting at you in there. I wasn't shooting. I just was stating facts, respectfully. So anyhow, they distanced themselves from me. In the process of doing that, it was some females that I wound up conversing with, you know, getting in tune with the polo culture, the new era lowlifes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had expressed some type of dilemmas or drama they had in the past with maybe Disco or Vic leaning towards male chauvinist stuff. Let's put it like that. So... When all that happened, I conversed with them and told them, like, yo, listen, yo, I don't want nobody following me 
that can't think for themselves first and foremost, right? They can't mm-hmm. think for themselves. And second of all, if they just call flunkies or they willing to um, throw their morals and principles or their gender out the window just to be down like a brandy-ass nigga, they just want to be down, I don't want to socialize with people like that. So they went back and they mentioned it to their counterparts. All right, so now they came back to me. Yo, bro, how you going to do that? Men business stay between men. I'm going to emphasize, I'm going to rephrase that. Men business stay between men. I'm not a male chauvinist. Now, unfortunately, right, um, I never knew my mom's. It's Mother's Day. When my mom's passed away, I was an infant. I never knew my mother, right? Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two, with me growing up, Maybe because I never had no moms. When I see family members and friends, they have their moms and this, that, and the third, no matter if their moms is perfect or not, they don't take advantage of it. They disrespect them, right? But when they come in the streets, they won't disrespect another person in the street or maybe even the police or maybe even their boss to cut their check. They not to bite their tongue or, 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 or dumb down, but they won't do it for their moms. You feel what I'm saying? So I went throughout life judging people like this, people that I know in depth, if you have children or if you have a mother and if you don't treat them in the best light, the odds is you ain't going to treat me in the best light. Only if you're afraid of me or if you think you're going to get some type of monetary value from me in the near future. Other than that, you ain't going to be dealing with me because you don't deal with them at ease. So now I said all that to go back to this. Love is an action word. Right? Mm-hmm. According to the grammar. And we all know what lovely, uh, loyalty means. So people say love and loyalty. Michelle is Cat Mike's sister. That's Boosting Billy's sister. They got the same mother. They came from the same womb. You feel what I'm saying? So they danced to the same tune. The dude Barlow punched her in the face and broke her nose years ago because she say the same thing I'm saying. Before I was released on my reversal, she made a YouTube footage, a YouTube video with Dallas Penn and another one by herself saying everything that I've been saying, that here yeah, Vic is a, a original lowlife, Thirsty, but you ain't the leader. Rack, you original lowlife, but I'm older than you, Rack, so I've been in the streets longer than you, so I know a lot of stuff, and Boostin' Billy, Cat Mike is the star, and other people are the starters, and Rudy Lowe created Logo, he in jail. Now, I'm a male. You see me everywhere. I'm outside. I'm live, man. I, I, I'm, 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 with, I'm with the shits. I ain't, my back ain't been dirty. My mouth ain't been bloody. Never in life, let alone right now with the stuff that I've been talking about because it's the truth. It's the truth, and who 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 who's gonna battle who who's gonna battle with the truth? Now, um, I I always every time Vic come up, most of my peers, my immediate peers that's still in the streets, OGs and my ones my age, they don't jack Vic as original low life for one reason because he don't steal, he never stole, he went on about one meow, but I don't jack that, I keep it a hundred. I made the logo, it's, three, it's three, three components of the logo, money, holes, and clothes. He got two of them, hands down. He fly, and he and he taught me a whole lot about broads. I'm, I, I never switch. I keep it on it. It ain't going to make me less of a man. You feel what I'm saying? So Vic got that, hands down. So who's to say? Because Rack ain't still in 30 years. 40 years Rack ain't still. You telling me George Billups, Rack ain't a lowlife? Rack is a lowlife. You don't have to still to be a lowlife. That's ignorantic. That's that's that's, that's 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 bullshit. But at the same time, I'm still gonna keep it a hundred. Like I like I told the brother here. If I see a lie in somebody's stuff or flaw in the beginning, then I'm gonna question everything else after, thereafter. That's the way it is. So, um, is a uh, let's say for example this Holy Grails. The brothers y'all have up here. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Now, a while ago they contacted me. 
about the silk crowns, right, on my DM. Uh, I think I de- humbly declined or maybe didn't respond back at first mm-hmm. because, you know, you know, I, I like authentic stuff. I'm not, I'm not with copycat stuff, right, you know what right, I mean? Right. So I never I never hollered back. Months later, Rack holler at me. Yo, I got a business venture with these brothers. Uh, where, what they name is? I always remember their name because I follow them. I follow mm-hmm. them, you right. know what I mean? I'm like, nah, yo, them the ones that hollered at me, Rack. Uh-huh. He like, yeah. So I'm like, oh, all right. Now look what happened. They did the hats for Rack, the hat that you had up had on your show twice, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the five panel, the, the new Rack hat. Mm-hmm. So now, when Rack get the hat, Rack call me and Rack tell me he had to change the logo, the cookie. I'm like, why you had to change the cookie, Rack? Because they let Victor De Jesus, which is Thurston Howell III, they let him know, yo, we doing some work with your buddy over here. We doing the umbrellas for you, but we doing some work for Rack Low. They didn't know about less differences. I didn't know Rack and Vic had differences, but to my understanding, once Rack gave me the award at the barbecue and said that I I created the logo, Vic didn't communicate with him in the same fashion or manner anymore. Mm-hmm. So whatever reason, whatever they got going on, they got going on. But he tell the people, the Holy Grail, that if y'all make anything with that logo, I'm going to have my lawyers search, you know, seize all, all that rhetoric. Yeah, so they didn't do it. So now I call them right away. Yo, what up? Boom. They like, yeah, uh, I'm like, yo, well, y'all know it's mine, right? And I explained to him, I sent him the paperwork, y'all know, uh, they like, nah, OG, Rudy Lowe, we know it's yours. We'll do it for you. We'll do whatever merch or do a collaboration with you, but we didn't know about Rack. And you know, if anybody that know Rack, Rack ain't confrontational, he ain't, ain't argumentative, you feel what I'm saying, et cetera, et cetera. But my thing is this, that's a lie. That's a fraud. That's a fraud. My thing is, I never in my life challenged him or any of my other peers because I created a logo with everybody in mind. You feel what I'm saying? And I don't care how anybody else shine. I'm going to get mine because I am creative and, and it's my whip. I drive in this whip. Everybody else just came along for the ride. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I never had a problem with my ego or my popularity. So I don't got to down this brother to get to the top. That's some crab shit. I can still get to the top on my own, without downing you, especially somebody that I know or somebody that's in the same inner circle or the same conglomerate, and we all supposed to be one. You feel what I'm saying? So by doing that, that was like the craziest thing in the world. Now, the polo culture, the low-life culture. Um, about three months ago, I heard rumors about Adam Sandler, Kevin Garnett, Thurston Howell III, right? Then I saw something for a glimpse, and I didn't see it anymore. Then I saw it again. Mm-hmm. So now it's like manifesting, so it's allegedly true. With Netflix. But how could you do a, a, a special or a series on stealing an American dream cliche when you never stole? If you talking about broads, <laughs> then you got it all. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? You talking about being fly, nigga? You the man to the day that you fucking die. But when you talking about stealing, you storytelling. You pump faking. Now, that was the problem with our culture in the very beginning when I was incarcerated. When the average person in the lowlife culture, when they saw the images of lowlifes, they saw most of the people from Brownsville because most of the people from Brownsville was free. Most of the people from Brownsville was dealing with the music aspect of it. I ain't gonna front. I, I was living in Ohio when I heard about that shit when I, you know, became of age and I thought all y'all stole. I'm just keep it all the way 100. No, I, I see, heard that's nobody the was safe. I heard, I thought nobody was safe. That you, new shit hit the shelf. You would y'all say 95% that shit of the people of us growing up, 95% stole. You could say 4%. You can say 95%, you can say 3% used to hustle. Let's say drugs or do whatever else. You feel what I'm saying? Maybe only 2% didn't do crime, but they, 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 they still was fly. It's only maybe 2% because our origins come from hardship. Now, 
I'm not saying Victor didn't steal because he didn't know how to or because he's because he was scared. I don't really know if he know how to, but I personally feel like I used to stay with him, so I know this much. He had different responsibilities than we had when I came in contact with him. Meaning if he went to jail, his mom was already doing a bit. He had to hold the crib down. He had to hold his sister down. You feel what I'm saying? And why should I go steal if I can get something from y'all little niggas? Y'all niggas are going to give me. I'm going to buy it from y'all from a third. And he's slinging dick mile a minute, so he's getting shit from a thousand chicks. So why should I go on to me if I'm flying y'all niggas and y'all going on me house? So I'm not taking nothing from the man for that. You feel what I'm saying? But all I'm saying is keep it 100. Keep it on the table. You feel what I'm saying? So now what you gonna do? You gonna go secondhand and, and get information from their other other people? Like that's that that's not genuine. You feel what I'm saying? And that's the main reason why I caught my show Chronicles. Because people tell stories. A story is something that's concocted or made up. You feel what I'm saying? I'm not with that. Even the books, like he fooled everybody, even Rack. No offense. Neither one of them is books that they came out with. They call a pictionary. Now, I I I I love the eleology of words because that's how I got my freedom. At one time, I couldn't read or write. And in order for me to get my freedom to be talking to you legally, I did it myself, pro se, but I had to know the words. I had to know the power of words and the power of communication. You feel what I'm saying? So if the wrong person is receiving this stuff and if they believe it, then it's, 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 it's all misconstrued, man. It's all misconstrued. How in the hell can I come home and nobody not know who I am? And I created a logo and I'm in all the pictures with them. The people in this culture is so naive, you can have a picture up that have been a famous picture for 20 years and they never ask who the other people is. Why not? Like, if I see something, I'm going to ask you, who's that person? Who's that? I'm not going to be focused on him. What about the surrounding cast? You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So these people, like they just want to be down. They just want to be down. That's, that, that, that's it. And what I always stress in this culture is, is about 500,000 of us now, hashtag, worldwide. And we can't get nothing together as a whole like merch-wise or one little business-wise at all. But everybody spent all their money with Ralph Lauren, though. And Ralph Lauren don't give nobody nothing back in return, kid. Why Why do people in this culture have such a hard time working together? Because I've tried to work with people in the culture. It never works out. Because this is, my, this is a fact. This ain't my opinion. The people in this culture is copycats. Even the OGs is copycats. And they never had a sense of authority like they have now. So they manipulate and they use it like it's a gang or like some type of other stuff. So meaning this, if he's Vic, that gatekeeper if shit. he's Vic, he's third title third, his followers is not allowed to follow me or mess with me and vice versa. Right. I'm not like that. I follow everybody. I deal with every individual the way they is. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, because, right. because they scared of popularity. But guess what? I'm just as I'm more popular than him now. And this is my shit. And I, my my nuts hang. So anybody want to work with me? Anybody want to do anything with me? I do it. Ain't nobody on earth can tell me nothing, especially legally or non legally. You feel what I'm saying? Like, how could it be another Rudy Low when it, I'm Rudy? Like, right, right, right. <laughs> both of y'all is intelligent. My government name is Rudolph. Undertaker versus Undertaker. That's my name. My name is Rudolph. The other guy name is Rakim Gardala. He's older than me in physical ages. I knew him from back in the days. He was Beck's friend. He never was Rudy Lowe. Now, if I go to jail, y'all don't talk about me no more. I used to be fat and light-skinned. Now this dude appear. So You fill in the blanks. That's what Vic did. That's unrenowned. You know that was Rudy Lowe until I came home and the guards kicked him out the whip and said he's not guard body no more because you can't jack both. That, listen, life is about progressing, not degressing. So if his name was Rakim Gardala and he's older than me and I worship Ralph Lauren, I used to love Ralph Lauren, the crack. I loved him. That's where the low come from. Why would you turn around and call yourself Rock 
Rudy Lowe later on when you was already Rakim Law. You going backwards now? Like, come on, man. People lie about certain stuff the same way they do with religion to put stuff in places. And now when somebody else come, they make it make me seem like I'm a hater. Oh, this bro for hating, he this, he that. So guess what? Guess what? I don't got to do what nobody else do. I always say I set trends and I do set trends. When I came home, Vic was selling T-shirts and hats with my logo. I didn't want to walk. I couldn't. I couldn't compete with him popularity-wise and social media because I didn't know nothing about it. Right? So I left it alone. Rack was doing appendix and whatever he did. I left it alone. I did something that nobody else was doing. I started talking about visuals. I started the podcast because none of them was doing it. Now everybody want to do what I do. And guess what? I'm the only one that owned a low-life movie. Nobody else on earth owned that movie that's from like 20 years ago with us running out of King's Plaza doing all that. That's mine. It's Rudolph Mathias. You feel what I'm saying? And none of them got the history nor the passion or the drive to do what I do. Because this is like, imagine a mother, and this is Mother's Day. Imagine a mother giving birth to somebody and unfortunately she had to get incarcerated or go through whatever trials and hurdles she had to go through so someone else was raising a child or caring for a child. That's what Rack and Vic did for this cookie and this low-life culture for me. They, they tended to it and without them it wouldn't have grew to what it is. I can never take nothing back. You feel what I'm saying? But that don't mean that y'all gonna ruin my child life for forever. And I'm not gonna let nobody ruin it because this is my dream and my ambition. You feel what I'm saying? And I didn't get my freedom just to, don't get me wrong. At first, I wanted to come home on some vindictive shit. Just to come home to show people, yeah, I'm home. Now y'all niggas remember me and all that. You feel what I'm saying? But doing all this podcast shit and all this other jail shit and all these other corny niggas, I want to leave a legacy now because mentally nobody can do what I do mentally. Like they can't really converse and fuck with me like that. You feel what I'm saying? Because I'm not on no physical stuff no more. So everybody always resorted me to be physical. So therefore, I would have wound up back in a can. You know what I mean? On foreign land again. Nah, now I'm here and I'm using this. They, they, they don't use that. All I do all day, every day is think. I don't do nothing else. I don't do negative stuff. And I ain't got nothing else to think about. I ain't got no bills. YouTube, social media pays me well. I, I'm good. You feel what I'm saying? I'm good. But I'm going to keep it 100 in the process of doing it. So... Nah, in other words, nah, I don't, this, this coach is crazy, kid. <laughs> Let me ask one question. The logo, is it trademarked? Yeah. Who owns the trademark? It. I own it. You own it. Root up a theory, yeah, I own it. Okay. And the process, now see, this is another thing about common sense. The brothers from the Holy Grails, right, I explained this to them. They said, I said, Vic sent y'all this, that, and the third. I said, um, Willie Esco and them print merch every day. The low light brand, prints merch every day. Why Vic ain't tell them nothing? Because they know I converse with them. They know that he don't own it. So he can't do nothing with it. He can't tell them that because they know different. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, that yeah. was extremely, extremely uncool to do. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Because Vic never done nothing to me physically. He never, Rack never, he never done nothing to Rack. So it ain't like we got no real beef. Even though you did some creep shit to me, hey, I'm looking past it. I'm, I'm not busting nobody in the head. I'm not doing that. So I'm not going to sit around and lie on you or stop your money. I'm not going to stop his money because whatever differences we got, he's still creative and he's still got his visions. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he this. If I say somebody's corny, that means you sincerely corny in your craft. You feel what I'm saying? Now, this is the main thing that I have with him and I had with Rack. They believe in their heart that their lyrical skills, their musical skills took this culture to the next level. And I beg to differ. That's the same thing horsepower tried to picture. I beg to differ. Y'all went high in y'all popularity because y'all are original lowlifes. Not because you rack lower. Not because you thirst out of third and you're not a rhyme. No. 
but this is what they think because even back then, that was the argument. They claimed that I had no other skills or no one of nothing that I need this to blow. I don't need this to blow. This is a part of me. I never created an alter ego. I'm Rudolph. I'm Rudy Lowe. All I've been doing from day one is telling me what I experienced and what my peers experienced. That's my journey in life. That's why it's Chronicles. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So this is this this is my purpose. I'm telling the story. I'm telling, chronicalizing, narrating what went on in my life. And I don't think they, they, none of them know more information or more political or more equal. Put it like that, because I deal with equality, man. No matter who they is, mm -hmm. some people got personal differences. So they, oh, I'm gonna pick my friend, or I'm gonna say this. Nah, I, I, I ain't like that because the most popular people in our culture wasn't them growing up. It wasn't. And in certain areas, it's still not. But if you don't never speak about nobody else, my thing is this. Whoever crossed my paths and you made an imprint, I'll speak about you. So if you want to do something in the future, you could do it. You don't got to, I don't got to come out and co-sign. You already talked about you. I already said, yeah, this, that, uh, is already there. You feel what I'm saying? And if I miss somebody, all right, I could be critiqued. All right, go back. Yeah, I miss this person. But people only want to say, <clears throat> people feel that you will outshine them. That's that's what they feel like you'll outshine them. I'm not anybody gonna outshine me. You might shine now, I might shine later. But I'm gonna do me. So but pe people's not they they're not secure in their manhood or, or their egos like that. All right. All right. So um Rax, just uh real quick before we uh wrap this up, give your take on uh like I said I had a question for you too. Um the sneaker culture and Supreme at the moment. Uh sneaker culture is culturing. Um, with the introduction to all these third party resale sites, but you can't even get a pair of sneakers now. Everything just yeah, bro. It's bro, like at the end of the day, resale is king. I guess for now, until like the world, I guess open back up. Mm -hmm. I feel like the companies do drive a lot of the bullshit. We was having a conversation uh, on set the other day, and we were saying like a lot of the sneakers that you come out with, they wouldn't be hype if you didn't put them on that stanking ass app. Mm -hmm. Like, just put the shit in the store, put the shit on the site, you know, and let motherfuckers buy the shit right. as they deem it fit. I feel mm -hmm. like the moment you put it on the upcoming or in the feed on sneakers or whatever fucking app you use to buy from Adidas and Nike and shit now, as soon as it go on there, that automatically garners a resale value on it. Like, it automatically, like, oh, it was on sneakers app. So that means it's getting raffled. So that means, like, I bought a pair of uh, Purple Dunks mm -hmm. the other day, right? Purple Dunks. Nothing spectacular about that sneaker. They're not SBs. They're mm -hmm. not nothing special. They just purple and white dunks. But I had to go to the ends of the earth and pay fucking $325, well, $300 to get them. Right. And it's like, I feel like if them shoes wouldn't have been on that app or if they would have just been in Nike or even just at a store, mm -hmm. they would have sat there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have been able to get that shoe no problem. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that, like, the culture now is so digital that it took away a lot of like the 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 warriors of the gang where you would go down and line up i mean no disrespect and i'm pretty sure y'all can attest to this with the low shit half you motherfuckers that be getting these sneakers would never set foot in a lineup on 34th street mm -hmm. you would never come to fucking 21 mercer street you would never go to 59th or you know what i'm saying 57 you would never be up in none of these spots you know what i'm saying to stand with a motherfucker from Brownsville or stand with a motherfucker from the Bronx or stand with a motherfucker from Harlem or whatever, you know, that's not playing about his shit. And he don't care. Look, I need this. I need this. I'm not hearing nothing you got to say. I, shit, I've been out there many a days and motherfucking, it's been my issues or whatever. So I think that 
they killed that part of the game, and that's a part of the game that was essential to just buying shit, even with motherfuckers in the street. You damn near got to pay a premium on a premium because whoever your reseller or your plug is got to buy that shit third party off rip and pray to God that he not paying the high. Mm-hmm. Maybe got a caught a caught a, a stock resale backdoor. So it's just like fucked up. Supreme. They kill him. Supreme is Supreme, bro. Like I I, I say this and I, I'm going to say it to, to the end. Supreme is going to always be, I said it in the documentary, it's always going to be like that girlfriend that, you know, you can get her number. You might get some pussy, mm-hmm. but she not gonna call you. You gonna call her. <laughs> like straight up, you gonna always chase that feeling. I feel like the new generation of kids that's coming up. I don't think they really understand what what fun that there was to be had when the lineups was available. You know, like mm-hmm. they do everything like you said on bots and computers and shit. So you basically sitting there playing Call of Duty with your closet. Like mm-hmm. so, it's like I get it. I still get whatever the fuck I want by whatever means I need to go about it. I still got people that's you know. They're a rare breed. They dinosaurs now, but they're a rare breed out here that's kind of like still going hard and getting shit. So I mean, I got my own brand, bro. Like you see what I got. I, this is a supreme hoodie thing, but right. I already done, I put my own shit on it. Right. You feel me? Like so, it's like I feel like they cool. I want to make sure my brand can be up there and be at least you know featured or worn with the premium. You know what I'm saying? But supreme is gonna always be supreme until they do some dumb shit to fuck up they. They shit completely. They just opened a store up in Milan. So they they doing well. I, I I like to see the culture still growing. I like to see the up and coming motherfuckers that's behind like me and my homies and shit that's doing it. It's dope. You know, it is what it is. It's, it's a necessary evil. I don't care what nobody say. Like at the end of the day, that shit ain't going nowhere. Streetwear culture ain't going nowhere. It's not dead. It's not. It's just, it's taking on a different form. It's evolving. And I think that when the pandemic finally, the dust settle on all of this shit, I think that Brands will be forced to reevaluate how they go about doing drops and how they sell product. Mm-hmm. So who's not to say that hopefully in the future we will see more, you know, physical drops. We might start seeing. No, it's going to be the opposite. It, it, Nike already announced that they're going to get rid of all their stores. Like what? it's going straight to online. Yeah, fuck all of that. But yeah. what I'm saying is you still so, going to have distributors. <laughs> even even at that, you can't, you can't get rid of a mom and pop, you know, sneaker no, store. No, they're all going. There's a press. You can read it. It's you online. can't shut down a sneaker store that sell Nike that, and I sell other shit just because I sell Nike. That's what I'm trying to say. If, I'm a, if I got a... If I got a if I got a oh, store, Nike going no more stores. a brick and mortar. So you said they take a... Nike factory? Yeah, they're all Nike going. Nike town or... It's, it's, it's I'm going like, to have to take your advice and vet that information. Yeah, vet what I'm saying is, if that's the case, then I don't see no signs of that shit because, like I said, it's still sneaker skate shops dropping. We got fucking the... It's going to make sneakers more valuable now. You know, I, to me, that just don't make no sense because it's not like the world is going to shut down and become one of them things. You still got people that travel outside of the United States and still will buy sneakers. So I don't see them doing that would kind of hurt their pockets. Well, it would be just in America from what I read, but... It's gonna make them a whole lot more money because they cut the middleman out. Man, you just buy. Yeah, you don't gotta. You gotta pay no rent. You don't gotta pay. Fuck that. Uh, listen, bruh. I, I, if that is true, because like you said, allegedly, and it needs to be vetted. <laughs> I'm taking both of y'all's. Allegedly. I'm taking both of y'all's. Y'all. That's the key word. Allegedly. I'm, pay, I'm just saying like this. The even even still like we got the 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 shits. It's it's still never a shortage of releases. Like I said, Travis Scott. He carrying the brand, and I'm not going to sit here and say that his brand don't do well outside of the site, but they don't need to put Travis Scott shit on their website to sell it, and it do, it, and resale. Out the door. Out the door. You feel me? So I, that might be somewhat true. I hope it's not. I'm going to say it like that. I, but to me, just as a whole, like the culture is going to still, I think, evolve. To me personally. Mm. I see because it's still things like sneaker con. You still got to basically be able to put the product 
on the ground in some shape, form, or facet. So even if they do do that, cool. Then motherfuckers like me who can access the product still going to be able to have these conventions. And guess what? You're going to converge on these hubs and be able to buy sneakers on a secondhand market. And that creates a new revenue stream for motherfuckers that is hustling out here, getting to it on the, you know what I mean? Spend your Dogecoin on some some Nike stock then if that's the case. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I... I'm just rolling with the punches for real. I'm just having fun, bro. Like I said, I learned how to do so much shit with the sneakers. I, I got my own shoe. Right. So Nike can go ahead. Yeah, Thank you. you. I'm glad that shoe. buy Grayskull sneakers if that's mm-hmm. the case, because we sell our shit to stores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah, I just think Supreme, like I said, is gonna keep being Supreme. They're gonna keep coming out with wild shit. Who's to say they probably come out? They're coming out with a fucking jet ski this season. Mm-hmm. Like a wave runner. Like you coming out with the collabs only gonna get bigger, crazier. And I just like I said, as long as you're having fun with it, I I don't really care. I, I I'm not one of the dudes like what did Drake say? I, I'm not one to sit and talk about it if I didn't have it, you know, or like if I if I don't got it, I ain't want to sit and talk about it. I, mm-hmm. It's whatever. I, it's so much shit in the world. It's so many other things that interest me. That Supreme and Nikes and that shit is just one small fraction of the bigger yeah, the picture. Bigger of what picture I'm, yeah. yeah, so it's cool. I I like it. I love it. My kid, she don't wear none of that shit, so. Thank God. Yeah, she don't even care. Yeah, she. But the, 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 the Nike stuff, like the hyper beast to be doing, that don't never wind up in the stores as regular price, right? Yeah, it's like, all starts off. Look, I just polo? got a thing. See it's funny. Polo? Nike just said they hear me. They hear us. Look, we talk about Nike. Look with Nike. I just got a sneakers pass. <laughs> they hear us. Yeah, they I'm listen. Thinking they be hearing us sometimes. They, they, be, they always be, go to that shit. The shit starts off always as regular price, bro. But the shit, so it basically works one or two ways. I mean, back to regular price. But I mean, like, see how the polo, how the the hyper beats to it. Sometimes certain logos wind up in Marshalls. Yeah. It depends. Some of them same things that people stood on line for wind up, wind up in Marshalls and some, TJ Maxx some, like six months later or a year later. Well, some of them go to but they go got, to the outlet. They got stuff that go directly there though too. Yeah, they yeah, don't yeah, even yeah. hit the store. They, go they got stuff there. that go straight to the outlets. Yeah, straight there. So so yeah, so it's like this So shit. you you paid all that money and you got jerked. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a saying and it's You're right. It's <laughs> one of my t shirts. It, it's only worth what a fool will pay for it. It's just deciding when you want to be that fool. Period. It's only worth what a fool pay for. And you just decide, decide when you want to be, be the fool. Because if you look at anything that's priced retailed or to, to resale or retail, retail, MSRP, it's a markup involved. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So at any stage of the game, even if you got it at retail, you really didn't get it at retail. You got it at retail MSRP or what Nike wanted to sell it to you for after their cost, you mm-hmm. know? So it's just like, with jewelry, cars, clothes, you just gotta decide when you want to be the fool, and it's just deciding. To I, take just, it. I don't know. I, I'm willing to pay for something that nobody else gonna have, or a lot of people ain't gonna have it. But if everybody's gonna have it, I'm not. I'm not. Well, paying that's when for you them. decide when you want to be the fool. You want to be yeah. the fool when you want to be rare, exclusive. I, I'm the same way. I yeah. won't buy some shit if I know that it's a million and one of them. I'm not gonna buy that shit. But if I know that, like you said, if I know that there's only 25 of these or they're numbered, you know, yeah, or they got different colors. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll pay that. That's I, a whole nother question because like. When I buy something, I either want it to be very old, so like it's out of circulation, yeah, right? And I'm the only me. person that got it. <laughs> yeah. Or I want it to be like a corporate gift. And yeah. then not everybody can everybody access can no corporate those gifts. corporate Yeah, gifts. oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I put you 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah. hey, it is, like I said, it, it be what it be. I think that, like like I said, the game is it's going to continue to evolve. I'm anxious to see what it do after this shit is over. Mm-hmm. And like to see, because you got to think a lot of these places, like you said, is closing up and lost bread. So you got to bring the customer back. You got to get them hooked back on the crack, man. So you're going to have to give out some samples. You're going to have to do some hand-to-hand trap sales out here in these mm-hmm. streets. You're not going to be able to just go be like, here's an online campaign. 
fuck with me. No, <laughs> no, I fuck that. There's a million other things I could be doing and sitting here and fucking my front of my computer giving like nah. Yeah. Fuck COVID nineteen. <laughs> well, I don't know. On that note, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna end the show off. Hey. Hey uh, Rudy, where can they find you? Online. Um, well, Rudy Low Chronicles on YouTube, mm-hmm. Rudy Low Life One on Instagram, Rudy Low Chronicles on Instagram, and Rudy Low on Facebook. Okay. Rax Hogan, where can they find you? Everywhere. <laughs> At your house. Oh. In the airport, in the taxi. Uh, nah, I'm on the gram at it's racks. Um, we got that show on Complex Mailroom. That's what we want to say. You still, you still doing that, right? Fuck oh. yeah, we doing that for the people. No. You know, oh, show on Complex. Yeah, uh, wrote created myself. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Look at your African American out here <laughs> thriving in these streets <laughs> in corporate America. Yeah, nah. So you can find me on that. Uh, it's racks. I T S R A C K S on Instagram and Twitter. And how often you do the episodes for the mailroom? So we just wrapped season two, mm-hmm. and they already greenlit season three. We the okay, highest performing cool. show on social media for Complex right now. Nice. Shout outs to y'all, thank you. Um, and you can send shit in all the time if you have stuff. If you watch the episodes, for all you motherfuckers that's watching this podcast, if you watch the episodes in their entirety, the address to the mailroom is featured at the end. So stop DMing me and asking me where to send that shit to. Please, respectively. Because <laughs> I get tired of like telling y'all the same shit. But yeah, so we still doing that, giving back. Like I said, I'm all about giving back. Uh, my great-grandmother told me, you never know where your last drink of water going to come from. You should always be nice to everybody, no matter who they are, what they done did to you, what the fuck happened. You know, because at the end of the day, God got the final say-so. Mm-hmm. So my whole tweak is this. If I meet you and you got an idea, I'm not going to steal your idea. If I got a platform, I want to be cool with the dude who had the good ideas. So it's like, look at Rex. He can spot good ideas. Mm-hmm. You, feel me? you feel me? So it's one of them things where that's what we're doing with the show. And like I said, you can find it on Complex Style, uh, Complex Main Page. We Complex Con is coming back this year. Mm-hmm. I just found that out. So season three already done been picked up. Hopefully we do season four. It gets bigger. It gets better. Too much Complex where Punch is at Complex. Who the hell is Punch? Complex Media. You don't know who Punch is, man? <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's a music dude, man. Be messing with DJ Academic. The ones that be with 6 9 like oh, he's nah, one of the most. I with Academics for real, for real. Like... But that's the same horsepower complex, the same yeah. complex. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I want, I'm going to ask you about that later, too. I want, I want to ask you about that. But no, so that's where we at with it, bro. So okay. come, come on through. Come on down. Yeah, they give out budgets. Right, definitely. You know what I'm saying? GK. Yeah. Where can they find you? End of the show. So can I use this part? To just give my unpopular opinions about things. Okay. Supreme is basically LRG at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Cause is not a talented graffiti writer. He's a toy. Cause. Fucking garbage. And there's a third one, but I can't remember. Maybe next week. Okay, next next week. Yo, you went in with the hot the LRG was trash. That big giraffe. <laughs> okay, and on that note, you can find me on Instagram, Polo Parata, the Super B Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, yeah, thanks again for Rudy Lowe and Rex for coming out. Uh, we'll be back next week with a certain graffiti artists. So you guys tune in. We'll be back. Ciao. Super B Podcast. Zero kid hero, ten four hat to the back of size, De Niro, getting type of negro, send them back to zero. Simple physics, business spirit, social rebel, 
Chess is like Knievel, scared money feeble. Grow up here, remain a weird, dancing around with evil. Women cast spells within the atmosphere of your people. Posters and concoctions, hot, a single sip is lethal. Outpouring alkalades, overseas masquerades, high degrees, dirty deeds take place in foreign caves. More action than boring raves, more drugs and all the hate. Torture slaves, ignore the graves. Behead the king and caught the wave. Exercise, naughty ways with the rule on the enterprise. Who the fool to get the prize? The game is televised, improvised, dead testify lies. lies. lies.